Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by, for my pleasure only, a topless Luke Owen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. I feel like me being topless, though, is almost a regular occurrence if you watch No Rolls Barred. Mm, yeah, you have in, in back-to-back episodes, yeah. you, you yep. strip down in your transformation from... Uh, your Bruce Banner character. It was Frenzy, wasn't it? I can't remember yes. the scientist's name. David Danner. David Danner. And last month, you donned the amateur wrestling gear. Yes. If you are a long-time listener to this, you may remember Ollie Davis got me this as a joke uh, present for the very first Christmas special that we did. I found another use for it. It was for No Rolls Barred. So that's always good. That's long-form booking of content. I thought <laughs> in in years to come, we can get money back from this. Um, we, we've got a No Rolls Barred taping coming up on Monday. Oh, yes, we have. It. Yeah, it, Victorian London slash horror is what we're going with. Mm. Or is it Victorian England? Victorian horror, which, you know, will definitely... I guess you could go to the north or to the moors where you'd have mm. a sort of Sherlock... Uh, werewolf thing but i reckon it's going to be jack the ripper style london yeah that's what i was thinking as well at least that's that's very much what my character is looking to be within as well not jack the ripper but you know within london is where i where mm. i'm at i'm in london and london gonna be old school cockney before we get into the show, uh, I had this uh, email in from Podswatter Steve, who wanted to give us uh, a bit of additional news that we didn't. So if you've not been checking the news, because, you know, wrestling isn't always the most important thing in the world. Um, there was a concert. Uh, a, a Jericho's band did a, did a concert. Now, I know what you're thinking. That's not really news, is it? Uh, Jericho's done lots of concerts. Yeah, this was over the weekend. Like this was this was this was we at the weekend. This was with lots of people there during everything that's going on 
they did a, they did a concert. But Steve sent us an update to say, as a resident of South Dakota, where they are holding the poorly thought out motorcycle rally, just thought I would let you know that Fozzie was the warm up act on that day for none other than Smash Mouth. Wow. <laughs> hey, what did Smash Mouth do? I definitely. Hey, now you're an old star. Yeah, rock star. <laughs> That's such like an old person thing to get wrong. <laughs> Um, yeah, and what was the other one they did? Somebody once told me that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's that yeah. band. Is that not yeah. the same song? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I it think... is the same song, isn't it? But they did have another song, didn't they? <laughs> no, no, no. But they had a third single. Hey, Mel, you're an old star. <laughs> what was their other song? Smash Mouth Song. Well, I'm pretty sure all of their discography has featured in animated kids films as walking the on the sun credits. walking on the sun's the one i'm that's, thinking of that's might the one as I well liked. be walking on the sun <laughs> yeah the the heady dog days of the early noughties mm. i don't mm. mind those songs to be honest I, I i can't hate them it's the use it's the, you know what those songs i think are actually good it's how they've mm. been booked and overexposed <laughs> on the radio is the issue Shrek made it bad. Shrek overplayed it. Shrek yeah. overbooked it. Shrek over. Shrek made it obnoxiously mainstream, and mm. then a lot of YouTube and Reddit memers turned it into sort of a modern day Rick Roll kind of sign off. Yeah, I'd say so. But do you know what? Do you know what? Let's get into the actual show itself okay. because we've got to talk about ret- retribution and their hmm chaos. Uh, in inverted <laughs> commas, here is the show. Have WWE botched retribution already? Because this is the third episode. In the, mm-hmm. in the in this new era, unfortunately, we could have just had Raw Underground as this era, but but no, they chucked everything at the wall last Monday. One of which was this new debut in Faction. Uh, they're creating chaos. They're creating mischief, and it all pales to comparison to other heels' much more hideous acts on the show. So it's not really working for me. Um, yeah, so this is this is Retribution, and on this show, they threw a cinder block through a window. And mm-hmm. they overturn the car, and they yep. also turn the lights on and off. Yeah. So I think the big problem that WWE had with Retribution this week is that Raw was taped directly after last week's episode. Sorry, can you hear a police car going past? I think I can. I think Retribution are outside, mate. <laughs> Sorry, that just went past. I've just realized my window's open. It's very hot today. Um, but yeah, so... Raw was taped. This episode of Raw was taped directly after last week's episode, right? Mm. Yeah. And they clearly rewrote a lot of SmackDown after the feedback that they got to the angles that they did with Retribution on Raw, which were, mm, that was actually a bit lame, to be honest. So they were like, oh, well, Smeg, we need to do something big for SmackDown then. They'll come out with chainsaws and they'll like, you know, chainsaw some ropes and, and spray paint a little bit. Forgetting that then with Raw, they don't really do anything again. So like, You've gone from this like high of SmackDown of being like, oh my God, they've scared off the comment. They've done everything to like, 
they they sort of quite lamely threw a cinder block through a window, which actually it didn't look that impressive because whoever threw it was really struggling with it. And it's like he essentially like softballs it. Like he doesn't like it's not like a, a powerful throw. It's like a oh, God to try and get it through the window. It was a struggle for this person to throw it through the window. It was kind of like management told him, yeah, yeah, chuck that block through the window. And he's like, I am an NXT wrestler. Is this a rib? Is this, am I going to throw it through the window and then they're going to go... You're going to have to fire you now, mate. Hands yeah, are tied. You've got to pay, you're going to have to pay for that one, mate. So, yes, it's it. maybe that is the way because, you know, the, the SmackDown stuff on Friday was quite spectacular. You know, the, the chainsaw on the ring ropes, I think, is a really powerful image. Uh, the Molotov cocktail was what we started off with. That is definitely a big pyrotechnic bang. But here, the car was already overturned, a cinder block through a window. It was definitely a de-escalation of cool spots. But you know what? Like, if you played all this out, and it's just five scary-looking figures dressed head-to-toe in black where you can't see their identity, and they're just standing there, and they're looking intimidating and foreboding, and there's presence and atmosphere... I think that works. I think on paper, if you wrote out these are the things we're going to do to the broadcast, that's going to actually work. I've, I've got nothing wrong with that. It's the way this retribution faction conducts themselves, which is like a bunch of teenage cheerleaders, where they yelping and whooping and dancing around all the time. It's the least scary thing I can imagine. I said it in the review. It's like the spirit squad with masks on. Yeah, and like I think one of the other issues they've got with this is because they've got the ninjas as well. Like they just look like the exact same as the ninjas, which and the ninjas are a joke. Like the ninjas, mm. one of them won the twenty four seven titles day because it was our truth in disguise. So you've got the ninjas doing comedy <laughs> nonsense, and then you've got these lads who are supposed to be a threat, but just honestly come across as dickheads. Like not cool. It's I'm watching SummerSlam 2010 at the moment because it won the Patreon poll. So we're going to be reviewing it for our Patreon Wrestle Talk Extra podcast. So I'm re-watching SummerSlam 2010. And they showed the debut of the Nexus. You know, it's the team WWE versus Team Nexus thing. And the way that Nexus were like debuted and were like positioned week and week and week, like they just looked like the coolest bunch of dudes. And that group had Darren Young and Heath Slater in it. Like <laughs> They got them over, despite yeah. the fact like everything was kind of working against them. Because Darren Young, bless his heart, does not look intimidating. Heath Slater, bless his heart, does not look intimidating. But in the Nexus, they really did. They know how to do this. But Retribution don't look intimidating. They don't look cool. They just look like dicks. I'd also add Justin Gabriel to that. You know, he's got such a baby yeah. face. It's like, oh, you're you're the high flippy guy. But yeah, there was something about it with the slightly emo haircut. Just the way they acted made them seem like this unhinged cult. You know, they all believed in something, the Nexus. And that was that they were the generation that was going to replace all these people who had held down the main event scene for so long. And they believed to a sort of fanatical extent like, like a fundamentalist extent and that almost gave them a level of superpower because they had such a strong belief retribution you don't know what they stand for they're just these masked figures there's no character to latch on to the spots are cool but everything else is is spectacularly lame do you think 
it would work with a crowd? Huh. That's a really, really good question. I think it would, because I think the crowd would just be excited that it is something new and it is something that's a little bit different to what everyone else is doing. But you kind of made the point earlier in the show that what they're doing does not feel as like dastardly as Seth Rollins is doing with Dominic and, and certainly not what Randy Orton is doing with Ric Flair. So that's like your main event level heels, which makes mm. this group feel instantly mid card. And that's the one thing you could say about Nexus is that they felt like the main event. Like they felt like the most important and like most dominating force on the show that meant that, you know, people had to come together. Edge and Jericho had to side with John Cena in order to, to rid WWE of these guys. I don't think you get that with retribution. Uh, I mean, what do you think? Do you think it would work better with the crowd? Well, I don't know. I, maybe they wouldn't be yelping so much or, or I wouldn't be able to hear them if there was the crowd. I think spots like the, again, the chainsaw in the ring ropes, such a cool image. I think that would have gotten over. Like everyone had been like, whoa, because there's something sacred about the ring. Um, like just when Nexus ripped up the the canvas, I was like, oh, whoa, this is our church. You can't do this. Yeah. Um, but the the behind the scenes stuff where they're cutting to these skits, I don't think that would get over. I think people might, you know, start jeering it actually. So live, you know, live crowds don't make everything better. Sometimes particularly wrestling crowds can make things worse. Uh, but the, the the turning on and off of the lights, I think would be more impactful because the lights would dip and the crowd would go ooh to a more organic extent than just the people trapped in the crowd at the moment. Uh, I I don't know, but I can yeah. That there's a there's a lot of things going against them. They're not the main thing on Raw. That's Raw Underground right now in terms of new gimmicks. So when you debut at the same time as something else, you're going to get lost in the shuffle. They're not the most heelish thing by at least two other acts, as we said already with Seth Rollins, who gouged someone's eye out recently. That's far more wicked. And Ric Flair. Uh, sorry, Randy Orton on Ric Flair with the punt angle from uh, uh, this episode. But also, they don't have a storyline. And they're kind of feuding with the nebulous idea of WWE right now, which to WWE, I'm sure, is really cool. And they're like, yeah, because everyone loves WWE, right? When that's not the truth at all. Fans and audiences and viewers latch onto characters and specific presences. So because no one's being directly targeted by retribution, like a Kevin Owens, we can't, we, we can't invest in either side of this chaos, which that, yeah, let's be honest, is Riot Squad levels of chaos. 100%. It's, it's early day Riot Squad, like, you know, spraying condiments and, and all this sort of stuff. I just want to give a, a shout out to this comment we had from Mon <laughs> that just said, at the start, Dark Order was trash, but as time went on, they did become legit. So, there is, you know, all every chance that this could get good. And I think that the time when it's going to get good is when we reveal who's in the group. Mm. Because the, you know, the report is, and I, I, it's a report that I'm, I fully believe, that these people who are doing this aren't the actual wrestlers that are going to be in retribution. Because at the moment, you know, the, the two rumored names are Tommaso Ciampa and Dominic Dijakovic. Those two do not feel like they're part of this group. Like the character of Tommaso Ciampa does not feel like he's hanging out with these guys. Absolutely not. Neither does Dijak. Yeah, the Sicilian psychopath, serious, cold, black heart murderer of Tommaso Ciampa does not yelp. 
He does no. not jump around going, yay, look at me. Oh, this is cool. I'm burning a car. He wouldn't burn a car either. You know what? Sanity would have done well in this position. <laughs> yeah, if only we'd have given him a chance, really. Does Vince McMahon know he had sanity? Does he know <laughs> he, he had this faction and now he's trying to do something else? I personally think it's a big mistake to not use the people under the masks that you're actually going to use because it just, you know, the, the, the person who talked about the Dark Order, the starts of the Dark Order were lame. It didn't work. Having all the crawl, the creepers or crawlers uh, come down to the ring and do the the hand, that the, the chair for Evil Uno, like it just it, it came across as a bit hokey. Likewise with the Fiends character. Remember those first that first month of vignettes where it was, here's a creepy bird puppet. Here's this other thing. That was all lame out of context. It didn't work. We made fun of it at the time. Now... It's like, wow, but look what it came into. All I'm asking for is something that's good throughout. <laughs> I don't think it's that hard, particularly when yeah. this is an easy fix. The only thing that's not working here really is the yelping and obnoxious levels of all the people playing the masked characters. And I think the other issue that we have here is that they clearly don't know where this story is going yet. And they just make it up as they go along. And when you do that, you end up in, and I know this gets us some heat whenever we say it, but you get into lost territory, which is, is you make things, you make it up as you go along. And all of a sudden you end up with a show that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. And viewers just go like, huh? Mm. Oh, actually, that, that's actually a bit rubbish, to be honest, because you, that does, none of this actually adds up. And this isn't just like reports. This isn't just Dave Meltzer reporting. This isn't just Mike Johnson writing on PW Insider that the scripts are being tear torn up this and the other. Seth Rollins was on Gorilla Position on Friday and said, I don't know what happens week to week. Like I come into work and I get told what's happening on that show. Like I've no idea where any of the stories are heading because they don't know themselves where these stories are heading. And that's why I, th I would actually probably wager they don't know who's in retribution at this point. That's mm -hmm. why it's actors playing them or, you know, it's it's recruitment's doing it. They've got no idea what the lineup of this group actually is. They might have the, like, one or two names, but not the overall lineup, definitely. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. <laughs> Well, Luke, 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 what are you doing? I'm doing the, the Chris Jericho countdown time thing. You know, for when he like he debuted like, yeah, like 20 yeah, yeah. years but ago. Why are you doing that? I, I was like, yeah, you know what got you? Yeah, shave the balls down, shave down the balls. Was that really worth it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hilarious. Let's thank today's sponsor, Manscaped, correctly. And you can thank them by going to manscaped.com and using the code WTTV to get 20% off your order. Manscaped is providing the best material to give you, that's right, you, the best balls possible. Neat and tidy balls. And with this incredible heatwave here in the UK, neat and tidy balls... Oh, they're needed. So we recommend enrolling in the Peak Hygiene Plan, where you'll get quarterly replenishments of everything you need to keep your balls in check. You don't want to record record low hygiene like your balls are the Monday Night Raws of testicles. Although, raw testicles. You want Peak Hygiene. So head on over to manscaped.com and use the code WTTV to get 20% off with free international shipping to the US, Canada, Australia, and the United Kingdom. That's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D dot com with the code WTTV for 20% off your order. Your neat and tidy balls will thank you. Uh, thank you very much to you wonderful $25 a month or more pledge hammers on Patreon, the machine gun, Gregory Anderson. Woo! Yes. Uh, the redneck, Dennis Hicks. Thank you. Yo, Adrian. Rocky. Nice. Nip it in the bud, Nibavico. Thank you. Pick him up, loot sponge. Absolutely. The old codger, Dodgy Roger. The dodgiest of Rogers. Spoke in class today, Jeremy Smith, whatever song that's a reference to. <laughs> and Golden, Nick Holden. Golden Joe. The power couple, Stephen and Giovanna. Thank you. Yes. Wonderful Brilliant game. couple they are. The Notorious, Ali Atta. Thank you, Ali. Michael Plowman, that's his name. That name again is Michael Plowman. Yes, very nice. And lastly, Pledge Hammer Power, Hero in a Half Shell. Thank you very much. Let's see what the super chats have to say on this topic. 
quite a few comments already, actually. Remember, get your super chats in. We will be reading out each and every single one of them this episode. Uh, will HM says, Retribution aren't intimidating enough. They remind me of juvenile children. Dijak as the leader could reignite some interest in a Brody Lee role. Yeah, but Dijak to me feels like the muscle as opposed to the leader. Mm. Like Tommaso Ciampa feels like the leader of a group. Yeah. Not this group, but he does feel like the leader <laughs> of a group. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, Dijak, Dijak is the, the muscle. Uh, Logan Wills. Was the SmackDown hacker actually vignettes for Retribution? Absolutely not, mate. No. <laughs> I, I, I've seen a few people try to sort of like tenuously be like, maybe it was long-term booking all along, but no. Uh, the SmackDown hacker was just a drop storyline. Yeah. Bacon Rasher. Hiya, lads. Do you think Retribution will be all NXT or will WWE utilize underused Raw and SmackDown wrestlers? Who do you guys think from the main roster would be a good fit? Hashtag jam that jam. Hashtag wrestle Luke. Hey, Russell Luke, thank you very much for that comment, Bacon Rasher. Um, yeah, who do you think would be a good fit in, like, Owens? Like, Owens leading a group of, like, disgruntled wrestlers because he's always been a bit, like, F the system and he doesn't mm. like, you know, the way that WWE was running, particularly when Shane was in charge of SmackDown as a heel. So maybe someone like him? Yeah. I, I do like that. Owens is a you know great heel uh, when he led Scum back in Ring of Honor. That was a fantastic act. Steve Carino's right there as well down in NXT as a trainer too. Um, no Jimmy Jacobs, unfortunately. That was the, the full Scum act. Uh, but maybe, yeah, generic uh, uh, Sami Zayn and, and Owens team up with a few other people, a Cesaro. I don't know. I just put my favorite wrestlers in there. I don't know what their act is. If they're agents of chaos... <laughs> Sanity. <laughs> Eric Young. Uh, the, <laughs> the bad one, Ryan B. Bad. Retribution isn't a low-budget Nexus. They are a low-budget Aces and Eights. Hey, don't you be disparaging Aces and Eights. They were a great group, the early doors. Oh, and then they lost every single match. <laughs> that is a so did the Nexus, cut. really. <laughs> uh, David Donaldson. This faction does not have me excited at all. They don't feel like a threat at all. Have they got wild card rules? Why haven't they gone after NXT? Probably because they're from NXT, I'm guessing, mm. will be their sort of like logic reasoning as to why they're not attacking NXT because they like that one. Yeah, that's to back to Bacon Rash's point. I think they are NXT guys purely because of that. Uh, Ejam King. Hi guys, great content as normal. It always takes me a couple of minutes to realize that Retribution aren't the ninjas. I, I brought this up last week. I legit wrote in my notes last week, the ninjas throw a Molotov cocktail at the power generator and I'm not sure why. I mean, it is the mark of a lazy costume. You know, something that's quite thought up last minute. Let's just put them all in black if they're mysterious. But yeah, that's it does, it does make a, an awkward visual crossover with the ninja acts so yeah kevin uh nexus had a reason why they did what they did they did it in the main event to the main guys cena punk and justin roberts and they weren't masked these retribution guys just look like teenagers stealing candies at a mall yeah they do feel like yeah just sort of like, like <laughs> i wouldn't even say low level street thugs because that almost gives them a bit of credibility mm. like they don't feel like because like low level thugs is what you would say like that that's a, a you know batman like those are sort of batman goons be low level thugs these don't feel like batman goons they feel yeah. like batman goons from the 66 show which was a comedy act 
El Fermentado. My problem with Retribution is the continuity if Champa and Dominic are in this faction. Like why they join or form the faction? Greetings from Chile. Thank you very much. Greetings to you as well. Yeah, it, it's, and that's probably the other reason why this act isn't really working because, yeah, we don't really, I mean, you know, you've got to give it time, obviously, to find out what their purpose is. But at the moment, like, it doesn't feel like they have much of a purpose. Like dimming the lights? Like, what does it, what does it accomplish? Yeah, I, I, the fact that they're doing all this stuff now, like chucking cinder blocks through windows and turning over cars, yet that's still causing production issues with the mics and the lights. It's just a bit like, it's it's very incoherent. It's just like, let's just go for all the things and see what we're left with in a few weeks' time. Uh, Alistair Gammond, did Ollie say chaos? Cue it up. Have you got it? Uh, uh, yeah, I can do. Wait, 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 wait for it. Did Rain Omega also Omni Ollie? Oh, Why Omni Ollie? Because you're on everything at the moment. Damn right. <laughs> play-by-play review of Raw, of course. Get all your super chats in. We'll get to them at the end. The episode opened with Samoa Joe doing a contract signing, a moderation between Seth Rollins and Dominic, where he said that he can't hit Seth because he's not medically cleared yet and he could lose his job because that would mean him getting physical. Yes, I believe I've that, say that. that. I've got to say that now because I didn't say that in the in the review earlier, a lot of people were calling me up on it, because that somehow disqualifies him from saving Dominic from getting whipped to, into a lucha ham right in front of him. Which I don't think it does. No. Like, it, it, it felt mad weird that Samoa Joe, like, was in that ring for the contract signing, then left that ring and just went on commentary to provide commentary for the beatdown. Like, it was just really weird that he didn't go into... Like, and neither did Owens. Like, it was just weird that no babyfaces came down to make the save <laughs> for, for Dominic in this. Yeah, well, let's, let's do the whole segment, because I actually thought this was a really, really good segment. It's just a shame that WWE tripped themselves up with a few logic holes, essentially. So Seth, Dominic come down, Buddy's there as well. They do the contract signing. Seth just cuts... Seth and Joe here were so good on the mic. Dominic was really good too, but, you know, Joe and Seth were so good, they made Dominic look like he was reading straight off a script. Yeah, the, their promos were so good, that's the match I want to see, is Joe versus Rollins. Why can't we have it? <laughs> <laughs> well, remember, we had it. We were at a WWE oh, show where they had yes. a, It was really bad. Do you remember how bad it was? They had a series of matches and they just didn't click. You're totally right. Yeah. Uh, Seth was the baby face back then. So maybe a Joe baby face could make it work. But yeah, they just, you know, sometimes things work on paper and you're really excited for it and you see it and you're like, they, they, they just can't dance together. Yeah. I, that was the match I chose to use for the bathroom break. Which I I like I, mm. I would have I'd have punched myself like I'd have yeah. punched if if I'd have told myself that in like two thousand five I'd have, I'd have punched that kid <laughs> yeah the so yeah that's definitely the match we want to see but 
we also I, that's not to say I don't want to see Dominic wrestle Seth. I think the storyline, you know, we we had the silliness of the eyeball, but overall the storyline's been pretty pretty well done. I think. And Dominic, hey, Ollie, if, Ollie, if that was done in the Attitude Era, you would have loved it. <laughs> and Dominic um, has really impressed me at every turn. Like, and it's not like I'm here waiting for Dominic to be good. I, I'd say I'm quite critical about him in general. But he's, you know, like his promos are good. His fire is good. When he was, st- so he started to get beaten up after the match that ensued by Seth and Buddy. He was, he kept on trying to get back at them. He was, he, he felt like how Shane McMahon used to wrestle back in the early days as an untrained person, but you almost believed in them because they had so much heart. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I thought this was a fantastic segment. Aside from the look the, the loop you know the plot holes that were there in terms of why joe didn't get involved why x y and z didn't run down to make the save aside from that i thought that everyone in this segment was so so great seth's promo was amazing joe's promo was brilliant but dominic's fire was great and then he took a hell of a beating have you seen the <coughs> photos that he posted up on on twitter i'll, I'll get them for you because yeah. they are they're rough man they're really really rough but it's like it it, it was really really great stuff so Seth said, hey, look, it's not going to be much of a match at SummerSlam because you're untrained. I'm the best wrestler of this generation. And he has a smarmy little look. So I'll make it a hardcore match. You can bring your little kendo stick and try and have a go at me, Dominic. And then Seth beats Umberto Carrillo in a pretty quick match. And it's then Buddy and Seth just tie Dominic up in the ropes in sort, sort of that crucifix-like position, which of course is loaded with symbolism with the Monday Night Messiah gimmick. And Seth will hit Dom on one side with the kendo stick and Buddy will have another kendo stick on the outside and hit him in the back. And they'll take turns whacking him back and forth. And I thought at the end, like Dominic rolls out <clears throat> and he's covered in welts. And I thought, no way are those real. So I thought, you know, it's a it's a tape show. Maybe they cut it, makeup lady put it all on. No, I went back and watched. You can see them develop as he is struck by the kendo sticks. Yeah. Uh, so content warning uh, for what we're about to show here. But that was Dominic afterwards. Oh, all the power to him. I mean, like, that's, that's some serious guts there to say, oh, yeah. I'm going to do this for the purpose of the story. I, I bet you earn a lot of respect from people. Absolutely. And it, I, I'm actually really excited for Rollins Mysterio, because as I said last week, if I was to put like, you know, R- Dominic Mysterio out there in his first match, one of the people I'm going to trust him with is Seth Rollins, just absolutely carrying through. It's the same way with like the uh, Pat McAfee or McAfee or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. That stuff he's doing, like, you trust him in there with Adam Cole, right? Because like Cole will be able to carry him to a, to a decent wrestling match. Adam's favorite storyline, 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the the only problem was, like we said, Kevin Owens didn't run down. Uh, he didn't have an excuse at all, I think. And this storyline's been based around baby faces run down and save people all the time. Alistair Black, Rey Mysterio, Kevin Owens, Umberto Carrillo, Samoa Joe himself uh, at the start of the year. And Samoa Joe, sure, he said, well, I can't get involved because I'll lose my job. But like, come on, man. You, he was going to get involved with Seth last week. When yeah. Seth was doing much lower scale stuff to Tom Tom Phillips, 
And isn't there a point if you're a baby face, a badass baby face, where you think, no, you know what? The son of Rey Mysterio, a wrestler I really respect as a in my own character, said it at the start of the show, like the greatest luchador ever to have lived. Isn't there a point where I think, you know what? Screw the job in this moment. I'm going to help out Dominic. That's the baby face move to do. Absolutely. I'm sorry I didn't get that across in my Raw review. <laughs> I thought it would be clearer. I thought um, it was pretty clear, mate. But the, yes, so after that, we had a retribution bit. Uh, it was sort of a recap of everything. Then we got Zelina Vega coming out and saying, I didn't poison uh, Montez Ford. I believe her. Mm-hmm. So do I, which then made Dawkins and Vegas, like the commentators kept saying, retribution, they've, they've got, you know, they've got revenge over. I was like, they didn't do it. Like, they're innocent <laughs> in all of this. What are they getting revenge for? Yeah, so... This brought, I thought it was going to be Vega and Belair first, but it wasn't. It was uh, Dawkins versus Andrade. And it was okay. Uh, you know, Dawkins won pretty quickly after Belair caused a bit of a distraction with Vega. And then Vega and Belair got a longer match, but Belair, it, it was okay. Uh, and Belair beat her with all her strength. Hmm. So now, despite being a man down, because no Montez Ford. Belair and Dawkins have beaten Andrade and Vega with Angel Garza at ringside ahead of the match at SummerSlam. For me, that's not how you build a babyface challenger. No, but you know, the Dork, uh, Angel Garza and Andrade beat them, well, they beat one of them last week anyway, they beat Dawkins in a match. Like, But you know, but then again, the Street Profits beat them two weeks prior to that so like it doesn't really feel like either of them are going in with a lot of momentum yeah yeah Uh, but i you know i would have thought when ford was written out with injury with the poisoning i thought that would give them an excuse where they could actually start to cast the street profits as underdogs you know once we get montez ford it's it's that hot tag in the storyline where boom into the SummerSlam match Uh, do you reckon there'd be like do you reckon there's frustration when Vega and Belair went out of their way to film an angle for this, you know, on, on Vega's Twitch stream, like they went out there and, you know, it was genuinely being talked about online. It was like a really cool thing that WWE then just like, no, that's not what we, that's not an angle we wrote. So we're not going to put that on our TV product. I'm afraid yeah. I'd, I'd find that incredibly frustrating. Yeah. Cause it's, it's very easy to put in. This show was taped last week and that Twitch angle happened over the weekend. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, Speaking of a little bit frustrating and taping potentially undercutting stuff, we then got the VIP lounge with the Hurt Business, an act that I was very much into despite them losing everything last week. They closed the show by saying, Raw Underground is our turf now. We run this business. And here they are, just on normal Raw, talking about the US Championship feud again. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bit weird because like MVP is like, we want to talk about the conspiracy of the lights going <laughs> out and, you know, technical difficulties that caused me to, to lose my match last week. And we don't want to be working in these unsafe working conditions. No, like, mate, you took over Raw Underground last week. Like, and it's, <laughs> it's, that's not us like speculating the story. Like, that's how WWE said that last week's show finished was the Hurt Business took over Raw Underground. And but apparently they haven't. They they're just back to feuding with Apollo Cruz again. And we got this later with uh Roe of Viking Raiders. 
that row did not feel like the same one mm. that was on Raw Underground. The week I was like, Raw Underground did absolutely nothing for his character moving forward. So it sort of begs the question, why did you do it last week? Well, I, I think it's it's a case of everything it was taped last week and they didn't plan it well enough. So this week, it feels like a step back in, in quite a few ways. You know, Raw Underground, we'll talk about it later, doesn't have any stakes. It, it like it feels like just sort of this this thing that happens every now and again that doesn't feel connected with the rest of the show. Uh, the Hurt Business had a lot of momentum, I think, coming off of the finish of last week's episode. That was all just barely talked about, like you said, with uh, Viking Raiders 2. So, yeah, hopefully, look, I'm being optimistic. I'm hoping next week we'll actually see what week two of Raw Underground is. Mm -hmm. Because they filmed everything initially with the genesis of the idea and didn't really get a, didn't really know how it was going to play. But now yeah. they do. So we'll see. But yeah, I, I thought even then, though, the Hurt Business are fantastic. MVP cut a killer promo. He made me want to watch the rematch between him and Apollo Crews because he <laughs> said it was the lights. The lights <laughs> made me lose. Apollo Crews didn't beat me. I'm like, you know what? That's a good argument, man. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I, I, it's, it was weird that they were here, but I thought what they did was pretty great. I, I just, I love this act, love it so much. And uh, then I thought you, you summed it up quite nicely in your review. Was like they continued babyface momentum by having Shelton Benjamin get beat by, uh, get beat by Cruz. I don't get it. Benjamin's entire role in this faction is to take the losses, so MVP <laughs> and Lashley don't have to. But he, ah, oh, so yeah, I, I wouldn't beat Cruz at this point, uh, and. MVP tried to ask Apollo to join them again, and Apollo kicked everyone and ran off. Yeah, and we got. The I did like him. <laughs> I, sorry, I liked him telling uh, Lashley not to lock in the full Nelson because he wants. To, he doesn't want excuses mm. when it comes to something. He wants to be able to beat him, beat him fresh like that. We got the cinder block attack from Retribution. Uh, then we got Mickey James returning. Yeah, would you, Adam and Eve? It Mickey James is back. That was that's a nice surprise. Mickey James is fantastic. Like it's it's such a shame that Raw decided not to really use her since she came back and all the storylines were about her being pasted or old. Because like when she gets her teeth into a storyline, she's awesome. So I hope she gets something to do now. She went immediately into a feud with Lana and Natalia, which was a storyline pre-performance center outbreak. Natalia's been missing since that mid-June outbreak, um, but now she's back. And her and Lana are wearing matching outfits, and Lana is kind of playing up Natalia as this locker room leader. And Lana had this incredible line where she said to Mickey James, and words to this effect, you can't be a locker room leader, you don't have a TikTok. Yes. I was like, absolutely fantastic heel work, because that's such a lame stupid thing but they're supposed to be lame so that mm. was they're supposed to be like you know delusional heels i i thought it was so so great and then natty isn't the greatest of all time she's the best of all time she's the boat she's the hashtag boat i it's it's such i i really i actually kind of dug it and I, i've yeah. like someone someone shared an image of those two standing next to sarah schreiber as well and said that it looked like um it looked like Funhouse, you know, the show from the 90s. So you had like Pat with the twins like mm. behind him in matching outfits. It was very, very funny. I I too like the act. 
Uh, I think Lana is very, very good in this kind of role. So much so that, that Natty felt a bit rejuvenated as well. Uh, after that, the commenta commentators said, hey, don't worry. Shay McMahon's Underground is coming up later. Don't go anywhere. It's the, it's the brainchild. It's the brainchild of Shane McMahon. I don't know if they did this last week, but they were calling it Shane McMahon's Underground here, as opposed to mm, Raw Underground. Yeah. And mm. usually that's either a way to get someone over or a way to give an idea that might fail to someone so you can just get rid of that person if it does fail. <laughs> Uh, the Viking Raiders, Cedric Alexander and Ricochet, then took on Akira Tozawa and some ninjas in a very quick match. Uh, Tozawa walked off with one ninja, causing a loss, and that ninja was revealed to be our truth. He rolled up Tozawa to win the 24-7 championship for the 38th time. So yeah, so Eric of the Viking Raiders went from like really awesome sort of dominating thing in Raw Underground to teaming <clears> with <throat> the comedy goofballs and who are actually, do you know, we said that uh, Retribution are acting like, you know, these teenage dickheads. I, the same thing about Cedric and Ricochet, like in that backstage segment they had, they they become, they come off as very unlikable when they're doing these sort of like, oh, oh, oh we're laughing because the the girl, the blonde girl said something. Yeah, actually, it made me not like them. Uh, it was Dem Demi Burnett there from The Bachelor, still around. Uh, little promo from Drew McIntyre. He's the best. Then Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot <coughs> come out. The Riot Squad back together again. I'm like, you know what? I like Ruby Riot. I like Liv Morgan. I'm happy this is going to get them some TV time. I wonder who they're facing. Of course, <laughs> it's the Iconics. They've been feuding yeah. with the Iconics for months, but you know. That's that's how WWE do things. I thought this might be the 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 sort of follow up to that, the, the final chapter of this feud where the Rube, the Riot Squad can establish themselves as a coherent unit again. There was a singles match between Liv Morgan and Peyton Royce, which was for my money really good. They just put in all the stuff they could do in the in the two minutes they had. But Ruby accidentally distracts the referee and Liv because Billy Kay was trying to interfere. Liv loses the match and now there's a bit of dissension between morgan and riot and i'm just like oh my god i just had four weeks of this crap now i want the bit when the baby faces are good together like give me that have them move on to another team where is this going yeah i i had two major issues with this number one at the start of this, the commentator said, Liv Morgan is looking for some retribution on the Iconics. I was like, they won last week. Like, they've already, they've already beaten them. And and Ruby's already beaten them sort of like several times over at this point with the help of Bianca Belair. So what retribution are they looking for? Also, they did get on the same page last week. You know, they had sort of like this, you know, they kind of did a fist bump. The right score back together. And then, as you say, this week, there's signs of dissension. So the story's being told out of order. Like, yeah. surely you want to have Liv not sure if she can trust Ruby and almost doing like the, the Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose reunion story that they did a, a few years back. Kind of retell that, but like, at least that was told in order. This is just being like, just picking bits and bobs out here. And it's just, it's, it was a good finish to the match because I really liked the sort of like Ruby Wright was trying to stop Billy Kay interfering and in a way distracted Liv Morgan to end up with the loss. I thought it was a good finish to a very bad story. Yeah. Uh, Raw Underground is here. 
Shane McMahon is hopping around like he's got flubber in his shoes and he wants to show you all of this stuff that's going on. And there's Riddick Moss is there. Wait, yes. he, he looked really good. Fresh off his... Do you know, like, I actually went to go check Cage Match. Like, Riddick Moss is undefeated since uh, February. And, like, I know he's had a lot of time off, but he's been dominating main events as of late. He's beaten Mustafa Ali. He's beaten Cedric. He, I think he's even beaten... He's beaten everyone at the moment. All of those names. Man, that is a main event tier of people to, to beat. But, yeah, Riddick Moss, like, you can't deny he's very physically impressive. Uh, a lot of people say he's one of the best pound-for-pound pound athletes on the entire roster. So I'm I'm glad he's back. We joke about him a lot. You know, like all these big names have been missing in the pandemic and Reddick Moss. But I do actually want to see what the guy can do. Uh, but I thought he came across really well here. And Raw Underground is still finding its feet. Uh, they got rid of the sexy dancers, which is good. Um, I think because it, it did come across as desperate. But the... I liked the KO finish. I thought I thought Riddick Moss worked really well here. Yeah, this was I. I, I agree. I absolutely I do, I do agree. Like I, my note here is Riddick Moss had the longest Raw Underground match in history and uh, and beat a guy. Mm. And like I felt like it was it was shot slightly better. By the way, the retribution sh uh, stuff was shot horribly. Mm. Trying to get images of that for the Raw review was a nightmare because it's just. <laughs> zooming in and and moving around it's like as soon as you pause it the frame just is is blurred so i thought i felt like this was shot slightly better it's still not great the music was slightly better but still not great and the removal of the dancing girls was such an improvement mm. and it, it felt like there was less shame doing the come on big man come on big man hit him big man you're yeah. a big man um so there was like some positives throughout like with the negatives but like riddick moss yeah he looked really good here but so did Eric last week, and mm. it meant nothing for this week. So already, Raw Underground has kind of proven to me that it doesn't matter what they do here because it's not translating. And like the Hurt Business, the Hurt Business looked great last week, but then they're just on this show doing nothing. So it doesn't really feel like it has any stakes yeah. or weight. <clears throat> it doesn't. It doesn't totally. Um, I I am just I'm giving WWE an out for this week because they did have to tape it all last week because of the coronavirus pandemic schedule. I think next week is going to be when I make my full informed decision on whether this will be a lasting concept. Uh, after that, we got, though, easily the best match of the night. A fantastic bout with a finish, with an Asuka win, no less. Asuka versus Bailey. I love this match. Um, yeah. It was a lot of submission stuff. Asuka just rolling around trying to get the armbar in. Bailey trying to reverse it. And just like what I think shouldn't be overstated or understated rather is how the motivation for each character informed the way they wrestled. Bailey did not want to be in this match, remember. This was something made by Sasha. But Bailey can't just go like, well, no, I'm not doing that because. That's not the that's not the idea behind the the best friend role models. They are meant to be this one one mind. So Bailey is is wrestling a match, sure, but you know, is she gonna really try and get out of a submission? No. And we saw that in the finish. She tapped pretty fast eventually when Asuka had it fully locked in. Didn't really try and get out of it. Didn't hold on like something was truly on the line. Whereas Asuka was out for her revenge. She looked awesome, just kicking ass from the get-go. 
Yeah, I thought this was great. Like just I I love the Bailey and Banks act. I love Asuka. I'm 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 just I'm digging this. I I mean I, it's had a few bumps in the roads that I've not been massively fond of. I I, I wasn't hugely into the title change and the nonsense at the horror show at Extreme Rules, but the in-ring work I'm loving. Mm. Uh, then yeah, so Asuka will now get a shot at Sasha Banks at SummerSlam. Then we go back to Raw Underground because it's te- it's the ten o'clock hour. I don't know what the rules are. And Shane introduced a new guy called Arturo Rouse. Roas. So Roas. he's an NXT guy. He's been on NXT for a couple of years. Uh, oh. uh, now he, he's a Capoeira guy. Um, Jiu-jitsu, so he's been... I read. But also, yeah, no, I, yeah, believe... I guess he could be Capoeira, yeah. He's Brazilian. I, 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 yeah, I believe his gimmick when he was in NXT, or yeah, he's still in NXT, was that he trained in Capoeira, which is why he just sort of like the sort of mm. dancing and kicks and stuff. But he was always really cool. He was an enhancement guy. But like me and Laurie, as you say, like he's got a really cool like feel about him, cool name, and the Capoeira thing kind of like sets him apart from everyone else. Well, I thought he looked great, and then Dabakato comes out afterwards, also looked amazing, just destroyed this other dude by grabbing his penis <laughs> and just like you know ripped it off. But like just the way he wrestled was really awesome and just violent. It did feel violent. And the presentation, you know, the, the camera cuts are annoying, but I think the the general set design is does work. Uh, it's just a shame that, you know, we couldn't just have this in the ring. Like if, if yeah. Dabakato wrestled like this on his debut, I'd go, holy crap. This yeah. guy is, that feels completely different from everyone else. It's going to be a very... I, I'm going to be interested to see how they transition him from raw underground into even if they do like they may not even do that sort of thing maybe just some of these lads like Arturo Roas and, and Dabakato Dabakato rather just Yabba Dabakato just stay in raw underground and don't mm-hmm. move on from that well I guess it all depends on if raw underground will last and then then Shayna Baszler quite awesomely steps up to Dabakato that's the match I wanted to see. When they yeah. didn't give me Shayna Baszler versus Dabakato, <laughs> I was genuinely disappointed. Go full lucha underground into gender wrestling. And, I, you know, when Shayna stood up, I was like, I didn't really think about this as an option. I want to see Shayna shoot beat some people up. And she did. No one would challenge her. So she jumped into the crowd and picked up two people. Another a third jumped in and she just beat them all up using MMA style moves. I thought she looked really cool. Yeah, I thought she looked really, really cool as well. Yeah, I've written here, she beats up her mum because one of them was like, she did look like her mum had gone there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, turn. She was like, it, it didn't to get to the line dancing class. I'll be honest, at the start, because I saw her in the crowd at first, I thought it was Natty because she was wearing basically the same dress that Natty was wearing, but like in a segment with Lana. And I was like, why is Natty there? And there was a different <laughs> person. I was like, oh, she's dressed like a mum. Don't beat her up. I feel bad for her. Mm. Um, yeah, I thought Shayna looked re- Shayna looked wicked here. And that and that was it for Aura Underground. It just sort of just sort of ended. And they were like, cool, that's it for this week, guys. That's all, folks. We're under the hurt business's control. Remember, don't forget that. <laughs> Again, we'll see what happens next week. That's, I think, when we can make a, a, yes. a true decision. But the main event was Kevin Owens versus Randy Orton, um, which was yeah, a decent match. I, I really liked it. Uh, the RKO against the Stunner, really, which, you know, quite similar moves. Um, KO got a lot here. Yeah, uh, he did. Uh, which I was Kicking really ass. glad to see. 
Orton started getting on top by working over Owens' injured shoulder. That was really nice psychology. Owens, I just love watching him wrestle <clears throat> when he's almost either feuding, because he can wrestle someone in the ring and also feud with the crowd or feud with a manager outside. And that's what he was doing. He was like mimicking a lot of Ric Flair's stuff. Uh, he, he started to do the Viper tune up for his own stunner, punching the ground, really liked. But yeah, he lost in the end to a stunner reversed into an RKO. Yeah, really, really good stuff. This is the best that Owens has looked since WrestleMania. Just the first proper main event thing he's had to do. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, like Kevin Owens versus Randy Orton. It feels like it's from another time. Yeah, right. That feels like that feels like it could have been, ah, it's just a normal week of Raw back in January. But now it's like, holy crap, that's a pay-per-view main event. <laughs> <clears throat> but that wasn't really the point here. The point was... Uh, an angle that appeared was was being set up about a month ago, but they dropped it for for when Rick uh, had to start self isolating. He's been brought back. Randy said to Randy said to to Flair after the match, "Look, you didn't need to make that match. That was your ego. You did something that was good for you, not what was good for me. But I can't be can't stay mad at the Nature Boy. But you know, you're being a dick there, mate." And he even mm. said, uh, what was it? I something on Marine. Uh, you, you look at me like you look at me like the son you wish you had. Mm. Which I it was interesting because you picked it up as a Reed Flair thing. And I sort of picked it up as a David Flair thing of being like, because David was such a you know, such a letdown. And Reed was like, you know, they thought, yeah. ah, he's gonna be the, the Flair boy. Because everyone thought, ah, oh, David Flair. He's flair in name, but he was not flair in nature. Mm. Uh, so I thought it was kind of a, a bit of a reference to, to that. But also, yeah, as you say, it could have been to, to read as well. Yeah. Well, it's, it's loaded. It could be, you know, in, in many different interpretations, which is part of its strength. And I thought, man, Randy is on some of the best promos of his life this year. And then Ric Flair cut a return promo. And I was like, oh, yeah. In another <laughs> era, that would have just been a standard above average promo. Ric Flair is the promo. <laughs> like, yeah, it was a, it was just an incredible uh, speech delivered by Flair here. Yeah, absolutely amazing stuff. I <laughs> love that he, because Randy called him a whore for the spotlight. You know, says so like you're only you're hanging around with me because you want to be at SummerSlam. You want to be in my spotlight. And you know, and 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 Flair's like, yeah, I do because I'm 71 years old and I'm on Monday Night Raw. Like you won't, you don't know how that is. I've got Hogan calling me up asking like how it is. And I tell him it's the greatest thing. He's like, I want, I want to be with you at SummerSlam when you win your 14th world title. I want to be there when you win your 15th, your 16th, your 17th, when you break my record, not John Cena's record, my record. I thought that was a, a absolutely incredible stuff. Amazing. I, the way he delivered that, I think that was off the cuff. Mm -hmm. That, that to me, when, when he started saying 14th, 15th sit that was flair going into flair this is my own organic promo mode because i can't think wwe would let him say that line yeah not you know, john cena's record address that cena's record is is not actually as legit as they want it to be i love that i popped huge um and it was it was emotional and they hugged afterwards but you knew what was coming randy did the low blow on rick flair and then he went for the punt. I was like, okay, hmm, let's see how they're going to do this. Because I think Flair, you know, 
taking the punt is actually quite safe, right? You just put your hand mm. there and move your head. It's just someone kicking your hand. Um, but, you know, it is uh, any wrestling moves a risk. They wisely ch chose not to. And retribution dimmed the lights at the exact point of impact. Quite a smart way to work around it, I thought. Yeah, I mean, you've also got Kevin Dunn there who could find the worst camera angle possible for the <laughs> impact because that is one of his great skills. Cut to the crowd. <laughs> Miz, just Mizgel. <laughs> but yeah, that's Raw. Overall, I thought it was... Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. That wasn't, that wasn't the oh. end of the show, though, was it? Sorry, because... there were still 20 minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> and those 20 minutes were just filled by Drew McIntyre running down and staring at Randy Orton. And these two stared at each other for an uncomfortable amount of time. <laughs> to the point where I was like, either what one of you's gotta go beat him up, right? Like what like this surely gotta lead to some sort of fight. But they were just just standing there, just looking at each other. And it would cut to Drew looking, and it would cut to Randy looking, then it would cut to Drew looking, and it would cut and then it almost felt like Drew's like I mean, I've got to say something. So, you son of a bitch. He and ran out to Randy they, looking. <laughs> they ran out of facial expressions. There was one moment when it cut to Randy and he was just doing this. <laughs> I thought that's no longer anger. Um, but yeah, I it's it just it makes no sense because it's a taped show. Yeah. <laughs> this was something you edited. You were in complete control of how long this bit went on. What yeah. other segment ran short in your own <laughs> taped show that you had to fill 90 seconds over what was a 30-second stare down here? Like, they they took away time from Morgan and Peyton Royce uh, in their match so they could give it to Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre to just stare at each other <laughs> for... Like, it was, like, legit two minutes. It was yeah. It was so silly. You'll never see it <laughs> coming. Uh, but yeah, overall, Raw, I thought was, you know, average, really. I, in, in sort of the terms of hotshot booking, they threw a lot of stuff at the wall last week. And that kind of burnt me out here. I did, you know, your expectations are kind of set to a similar, what's going to happen this time? And I, which was how I started this episode of Raw. I was kind of excited to watch it. And it just wasn't as zany. They, they, they never would have been able to make it as bonkers as last week. So it had some really good stuff on it. I like the Rollins stuff. I really like the Orton stuff. The Banks uh, Bailey Asker match was very, very good. But you know, it's it's still three hours. There was still a lot of ineffective and pants stuff on this show. So I, I went average. I went in the middle. I think the stuff that's working at the moment is the stuff that they were doing prior to last week's panic. It's the, mm. the Drew Randy stuff, the Seth Rollins, Dominic Mysterio stuff, you know, <laughs> uh, to a and some of the other stuff that's across the show, all the new stuff is what's not working like raw underground. I, I'm still not really buying it. And that's, that's their own damage because her business didn't feel any different. Neither did Erica, the Viking Raiders. So it doesn't really inspire me for a lot of confidence next week. But next week is, you know, like I, I think we should certainly give it more time than, than we certainly are to, to before we finally, you know, judge it. Uh, so that stuff's not really working for me. And retribution is just, just really not working for me at the moment. And that's that's it's all the new stuff that they're trying, like this sort of panic to be like, please watch our show. 
it's the stuff that's not really working for me at the moment. But yeah, I think Avrush. your raw super chats last call for the super chats ding 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 get them all in because we will read out every last one of them <coughs> mika pellegrini maybe retribution isn't the people under the mask those are just paid henchmen could be a dark order thing probably not this was the first raw i've watched in months and i was confused about a lot <laughs> yeah it makes sense uh i really like the idea of these people not being that actual faction that's a nice way to work around how rubbish they appear right now. Brandon Rosen, the NWO angle worked in the beginning because it came out of nowhere without any foreshadowing to convince us how dangerous they are. To me, that's why Retribution is lame. Why does WWE always have to spoil the surprise? Because they need people to watch. And the way to do that is by telling people what's going to happen on the show. So it was a, we, we have heard a new faction is going to debut on tonight's show. You'd better watch it. And then after it's been like, we have been informed that retribution have said they will be there again next week. So be sure to watch next week's show. That, that, that's why ratings are bad. Ghost King. Do you feel WWE is trying to copy the riots across the U S with retribution? Oh, I'd, I'd imagine there is probably some real world aspect to it. That that is, if we know, you know, if we believe that Vince McMahon knows what's going on in the real world, <laughs> uh, which, Miguel, which often, often isn't the case. Miguel Martinez, mark my words. Yeah, he's probably doing the. He thinks the riots in the sixties. That's what he's <laughs> going for. Uh, Miguel Martinez, mark my words. Retribution will be the NXT Survivor Series team trying to get in the mind of the main roster team. WWE needs to figure out the direction of this group ASAP in order for this to work. Well, if I mean that sounds like you think they have a direction if it's going to go through to Survivor Series, no way do they book that long in advance. Uh, no. But I do think, yeah, this could culminate at at, um, at Survivor Series. Like, I think that's a pretty smart move. But like, are they getting into the minds of the main roster group? Because it feels like everyone's just ignoring them. Like, yeah, they... no one's no one's talking about it in promos. Charlie Caruso is the only person and MVP. Is that what this is all? <laughs> MVP and Charlie Caruso have a buddy comedy team up cop thing where they try and track retribution down. Jose Quinde, tinfoil hat on. Maybe Retribution is meant to be bad. And then WWE blames them for the <laughs> ratings like they did for Corbin. Also, FTF. Not on board for it. I have none of that chat. Only jam that jam in this stream. Uh, no, I don't think that. Uh, I do ridiculous. love it as a tin. I love it as a tinfoil hat conspiracy theory, though. That like when they get to the next quarterly report and like you know the investors call, it's like why are ratings still down? And Vince's like, well, there was this retribution act and it didn't get over, so that's why ratings are bad. Maybe just plays it as a shoot. We were, all of our technical equipment was taken out by this renegade group of wrestlers. Uh, yeah. Matt Noble, what if the actual new faction comes and squashes Retribution and these guys are never unmasked? They can still be heels, but proper heels. And then another one, hashtag mm. FTF. None of that. Thank so, you. Okay. So let me see if I can follow. So if the actual new faction comes in, so like if Tommaso Ciampa and Dominic Dijakovic come in and beat up Retribution because they're not actually 
that's not the real retribution. Kind of the way it's sort of like the Mandarin wasn't really the Mandarin in Iron Man 3. Is that what we're sort of going with here? Yeah, but then they say they can still be heels, but proper heels. I'm not sure. Um, Sorry, I, I, I don't think that works anyway. Uh, David Donaldson again. Have I missed something? But how do we know they're called Retribution? Have they said that's their name? If so, I forgot when this happened. Well, it's because yeah. it was a WWE.com article. Yes, I think they might have said it on commentary as well. I think. But yeah, it's it's mostly they're talking about it on social media. WWE social media are saying that they're called Retribution, which is how we know. I just how would they how would they know that? Have that if, if they've spoken to one of them to get the well, name, yeah. wouldn't they know more about them? Because retribution well, retribution clearly are talking to them because that's how the Twitter account was allowed to say they're gonna be on next week's show. They've told us. No demands, no nothing. Over to you. Uh, wrestling is great sometimes says bailey has been in her bag brackets by the way in her bag means she's been awesome just in case you guys weren't aware of that term her and Asuka never disappoint uh, sasha versus Asuka at SummerSlam will be another classic always good to have a new phrase where you need brackets with nearly 20 words describing <laughs> what it means yeah in the bag kind of means you've got that cinched um but i've never heard this version of it yeah i think Bailey, Asker, Banks—they're all brilliant right now. It's a shame that Kyrie yeah. Sane stepped away, but honestly, I'd, I'd like to see Mickey James in this mix now she's back. Absolutely. Uh, Joe Nero West Seven says the reversal sequence that Asker and Bailey were pulling off was amazing. This match felt different from all their previous matches. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, really loved it. Uh, Peter Mullen says, "Poor Dominic. If only there'd been someone to save him. Like maybe the entire audience <laughs> of wrestlers. This company." No, 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 no. That none of them could get involved because it was in their contracts that they couldn't. It stops people doing stuff in wrestling all the time. Um, Peter Mullins also says, I reckon this is going to lead to a Ray on a pole match. They've had a, I, a ridiculous eye for an eye match. Why not? I, I'm going to go one better. This should lead to a ladder match for the custody of Ray Mysterio. Between Walter and... Well, no, and yeah, between dad. between Seth Rollins and Dominic Mysterio, where Dominic is fighting for custody of his dad. Fifteen like years after that great <laughs> SummerSlam match, where Ray fought for the custody of, of Dominic. Uh, Travis Huffman, in classic Vince McMahon moves, Dominic and Nicholas brackets Strowman's tag partner form a team, and we have a match at WrestleMania as the Dom and Nick connection. I want to see it. Uh, David says, if I miss something, but oh, as the retribution one again, uh, the bad one, Ryan, be bad. Uh, who do you guys think will have the better first match? Uh, Dom against Seth or Pat against Cole? I'm going to go Dominic versus Seth because that feels like it's a more serious angle. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. He also has, uh, Ollie, you didn't, uh, you didn't ask why Joe didn't help Dom. Both him and Tom said if Joe gets physical with Seth, he could lose his job. Yes, sorry, I've been through this earlier. So I imagine you. If you weren't there for the stream, then I think Joe should have still stood up to Seth despite fearing his job was on the line because that's Joe's character. And he did it last week. Uh, Justin Edelheit, Shane McSweat looked like he's about to soil himself anytime he's on Raw Underground. He, he loves it. He's just I've, so excited I've, and he needs to go to potty. I've, I've said this on the on the magazine show, but... Speaking with Laurie about it, he's now got my new favorite description of this when I was chatting with him about this last week, which is that he's the rich kid who was asked, you can have anything you want for your birthday party. And his response was, I want an underground fight club. And they were like, absolutely anything for my special <laughs> little guy. 
And so he's just the rich kid who's finally got his birthday wish. Mm-hmm. Uh, E.J.M. King. Hi, guys. It's me again. Uh, just letting you know, the second Raw Underground segment lasted just over a minute and had 44 camera cuts. It's a bit much, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it really, really is. Nothing worse than dried chicken says, my 15-year-old think McMahons are trying to... Uh, are trying to interest uh, interest Vince with Raw Underground being a big brawling sweaty men, so creative can sort Raw. Uh, my ten year old loves Retribution. Okay, well that's yeah, maybe maybe it works for different age groups. His name's Mike D. He's the ladies' choice. You want to get next to him like Rolls Royce? So it's fantasy booking. Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar in Raw Underground. Brock Lesnar's never doing Raw Underground, <laughs> mates for jobbers, lad. Uh, just an idea, of course. Jam that jam. Hey, but a shoot MMA style match that that could be a draw. I, he doesn't I, want to lose though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, EJM King. Uh, last thing I promise. I was very sad when the Viking Raiders and Ricochet Alexander faces the ninjas. I don't get the booking there. They yeah. needed some people. But like, if if you're ever wondering why was that match there, it was so our truth could win back the twenty four seven title. Like that. That's why they had that eight man tag. Yeah. Dinner from Cork. Oh, God, no. Uh, Dylan from Cork says, enjoyed Raw overall. I think there's a good two-hour show in there. The extra hour is the problem. Good to catch the stream again. It's good to see you, mate. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, some of this stuff, if you cut out an hour of it and you just had the good stuff, would, this would be such a higher quality show overall. Our takeover, Saucy Sausage, says, hey, guys, been a fan since I was 14, so three years now. Thank you. I can never get behind AEW and much prefer NXT. This is because I think they lack professionalism and always take shots at WWE. Thoughts? Yeah, have we, have we forgotten that Triple H called them a pissant company at the Hall of Fame? Like, WWE have been doing this for like ages. They did it on Raw with the electric chair gimmick. Mm. Like, it's not it's not one-way traffic. Yeah, I I think that might be an element of sort of WWE loyalty you might have. Uh, I, th- I think it's quite fun for the shots back and forth. Oh, yeah. But, I love it. Uh, yeah. Uh, Amal Jazim, off topic. Styles or punk based on ring work only? AJ Styles. Yeah, I'm going to go AJ Styles as well. I don't think there's much debate there, actually. Have Heavy Metal Mike. It's an honor and a privilege to share a birthday today with the Wrestle Talk meme himself, Immortal Hulk Hogan. And, of course, Chopper Pete. Happy birthday, brother, and jam that jam. Jam that jam. Happy birthday, Mike, then. Uh, Job at JJ496. Mantle movement. The mantle movement. Team jam that jam. We're going to... Quizzlemania 2000 is ours, mate. Uh, Zachary Jenkins. The mantle movement is in full force here in America. Of course. We've got this, guys. Dartrain24. Luke, the only way you can win this week is to implement a Brian... A Brain Nicholas strategy. Ollie Janetti can't keep you down. Jam that jam. I think he means brawn, Nicholas. There, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. But like, I don't need to employ any strategies. Did you not see Ollie at the start of this stream? Like, he knew all those wrestlers. There's, there's no competition anymore. We've got it in the bag. We are in the bag. Is that the expression? To <laughs> Mullins, question for tomorrow: Is it Quizzlemania X Seven? It's no. not. It's Quizzlemania Two Thousand. Which team is taking the horrific spear ladder bump from which other? SRS on Luke? Ollie to pay his dues? I was going to say, well, that, that's a question for the WrestleMania X7 one in, yeah, in two is, weeks' time. This is 16. Uh, it's really The question is, who's going to be part of the hardcore battle royal spectacular? 
Dartrain24, please get Chopper some help. He's clearly in violation of Wrestle Talk's wellness policy. He likes salt and vinegar crisps with milk. Nasty. That's that's, that's not, Andy. That's Andy. Yeah, that's not Pete. Doesn't like that. That's Andy. He likes that. Go check it. That's on Wrestle Talk clips. That's not Pete. He's fine. Uh, Hassan Adil and John Winters, thank you for super chatting, but no message there. Particularly John, very generous pledge. Yeah, very um, much so. Crisper True, hello, mate. Hello, mate. Uh, patron, it seems like Retribution needs to have Retribution on WWE for the way they're being booked. Oh, sick yeah. burn. Got it nice. right. In. also like to thank lucas uh for getting in touch you may remember him as the guy who seemed very upset that we didn't know that uh johnson was a brand of motorboat to say that how can you say um sorry uh, come on guys just like my johnson you can't say americans don't use kettles and a center's a very large photo of a kettle that he has but this is no no any american film i watch they are heating water on a stove it's like Maybe they just do that because it's a great sort of device to build tension within a scene where you put on the, the sort of water on the stove at the start and you hear the <laughs> of it like getting progressively hotter, the steaming and whistling at the end. But no, it's not. If you are, well done. You're a forward thinker. But generally, uh, I, I believe a lot of North America don't use electric kettles. And young Mo got in touch with a correction to everyone's uh, annoyance that we didn't know that Johnson was a brand of boat to say Johnson is the brand of motor, not the actual boat. Oh, sincerely, a kid from Arkansas. I thought it's Arkansas, but I thought I, I would no, say it wrong. You can say it, Arkansas. Ar Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, from been fishing. Arkansas. Ar Arkansas. Yes. Arkansas. Um, Arkansas, sorry. I think it was a Transformer as well. Um, <laughs> uh, who said that he's been fishing his whole life. Or they've been fishing their whole life, I should say. So yes, thank you, young Mo, for, for also sending in a correction. Fishing for the... compliments. <laughs> um, right, should we actually read out that Get Better? We didn't get to read out uh, last week because you had you wanted to talk about McDonald's instead. Yeah, yeah, that's it's probably best. I feel like in, in lockdown... We've, despite having very little to talk about ourselves, because not much goes on in our life anymore. We, we spend most of the times indoors or not seeing each other. We have managed to talk mostly about ourselves. Yeah, there was like, I think maybe the second week in of doing the podcast, you actually said to me, don't ask how I am. Like, don't open the show asking how I am, because I've got no update for you. And it will just it will just lead to bad radio. And yet here we are, months later, and we've actually had nothing but stuff to talk about. Yeah, well, that was back in the days when, you know, I was preparing. We were all preparing for wrestling news to dry up. We thought, oh, yeah. well, there's no way wrestling will continue. The government's going to shut them down. Let's prepare other things like evergreen content and essay pieces and interviews. But no, no, all the stuff has continued to happen despite the world coming to a standstill. Did you have a nice time at your parents over the weekend? I Well, I, I would have done. It was a bit stressful, though, because I developed asthma again. Oh, yes, yeah. of course. You know. <laughs> I, I nearly swore then. 
So just as well, peeling back the curtain from this, Ollie told us this harrowing story over the weekend that he's developed asthma. And Andy chimed in and was like, well, Ollie, I had a migraine over the weekend. And I was like, Andy, this isn't like a game of one-upsmanship, mate. Like, you didn't need to chime in with like, oh, but my thing was actually worse. <laughs> I don't think it was, was it would like Andy was trying to one-up me there. He just wanted to talk. And <laughs> I, as soon as I said, I could see it, as soon like I was like, yeah, like it was a bit, bit of a rough weekend for me because I was asthmatic as a child. Haven't had it for eight years, but it's so hot and the pollen count is so high that it seems to have induced hay fever, induced asthma. I had a mini asthma attack on Saturday night, which was quite traumatic because oh, I was mate. finding it difficult to breathe. And we ended up putting on the shower and sort of locking me in the in the bathroom because steam kind of helps alleviate oh. the symptoms. Uh, and it wasn't until the next day on a Sunday, which was quite risky as well, where I could get an inhaler to, to sort of help and open up my throat again. So I spent all night like that. I, but, you know, I was right at the start of that story and I could tell and I could saw Andy's eyes flicker like I can talk after this <laughs> because I also have a story where I was in some way in pain. And then he didn't listen to the rest of my story. <laughs> he was just thinking, I'm going to get to talk soon. I'm going to get to talk soon. <laughs> I'll get to tell them about my migraine. But you, but you did get to go to your parents eventually, right? You, you, are you feeling better now? Yeah, so much better. It's crazy. Like just one huff uh, of, of the inhaler opens it all up and, you know, sort of fine. And it would come back every four hours. But today I've only had one this morning. So, yeah, apparently it, but so it, it's probably a chronic thing that I'll have to have for the rest of the summer, I think. So I was going to say, does, does this mean like if we go into a second lockdown, you're going to have to shield? Because, like, I know of, like, asthmatics yeah. were amongst those that had to, like, you know, really shield themselves away for those two weeks. Well, in the grand scheme of things, I, I'm a very, very low, like, not that bad case. You know, I'm not on the steroids or the brown inhaler, which I did used mm. to have. Uh, I'm not taking the tablets or anything. It's just, like, my throat gets tight and it's immediately helped and cleared up for quite a while by a blue inhaler hit. But I don't know. Well, we'll see. Maybe that could be my wrestle talk get better. Don't die if there's a second wave. <laughs> we'll check you in, uh, check in with you for weekly updates. We've got that was my, we've got to get back to the guy because we're not going to get time to read these get better again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this comes in uh, from uh, what well, Mikey, formerly known as uh, Skeletor. Do you remember Skeletor? Skeletor used to email in. Uh, hey, he says big. A Mikey. Uh, he says big hello to Ollie, Luke, Laurie, Andy, Chopper, Adam, and the rest of the record rest talk team, Pod Swaffers, and the whole of the Swaff Nation. Do apologize. I know you said this on June 20th, and here we are, August 11th, finally reading this out. I just wanted to drop this email to you and thank you for all the hard work you've put in, not just through the pandemic, but over the last four years that I've been a viewer slash listener. Wanted to share some news with you, and it's something that is not only exciting to me, but also quite terrifying. A few days ago, my lady partner of four years told me that we're going to add a member to our family. Yes, I'm going to be a father. Another husband. This is not oh, okay. I thought it was a thruple scenario, but you're right. That makes more sense. Uh, but this is not the first time I have a beautiful girl who is one and a half years old. She's amazing and quite the saint for her age. But the reason I have my fears is that we have not one child currently but three. Unfortunately, we lost my firstborn to an incredibly rare disease where the uh, her lining that keeps the upper and lower organs wasn't formed properly. Fortunately, she didn't make it all the way through the pregnancy and was born 32 weeks stillborn. Uh, next came my daughter, who thankfully no issues arose. But unfortunately, that can't be said for baby number three, who we lost just days before our gender scan. 
As you can see, my fears are rightly in place. My lady partner, Amy, is an amazing woman who has so much strength, it seems incomparable in my eyes. We're holding out hope that this pregnancy goes a lot better than previously. If it wasn't for your consistent entertainment, I don't know if I would be here as the person I am today. So basically, this is just a thank you for all you do. I love and appreciate everything you do. Jam that jam. Keep up the consistent consistency. You love you all. Mickey, formerly known as Skeletor. Sorry for the long email. Oh, man, I've got to learn to not interject with stupid comments. Because especially forget better emails, <laughs> because they generally do have a really sad, poignant part that I have undermined. Uh, but that's that's like well, fantastic news! F congratulations on you know the the getting pregnant again. Uh, but yeah, it's, I'm so sorry to hear about your other two uh, children. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Best of luck. Um, this comes in from Finn, who says as another get better. So. Tempe, your injection. I bet this one's going to be put with loads of innuendos that no one's following up on. I'm just going to have to sit here and <laughs> eat my tongue. Go for it. Uh, hello, Luke, Ollie, the rest of the uh, wonderful people at WrestleTalk, even Randy. I've been a long-time member of the SWAF Nation ever since watching Ollie review WrestleMania 31, I want to say. What even is time? Was hmm. 31 your first? What was the... Ooh. Wouldn't have been 31, I wouldn't have thought, because that's with Sting. Was me yeah. and you. So it had been 32? Yeah, it must have been 32, but I don't know if I did a WrestleMania. Maybe I did. I definitely did like a 10 things that would have been better about Royal Rumble. That was sort of the start of me mm. full time there. Huh. But yeah, thanks for watching longer than I was even there, technically. <laughs> I've become a massive supporter of WrestleTalk since, and honestly, it would be weird not having one of your voices every day telling me what's what. I'm having a effort kind of a day, meaning I'm doing things I've been meaning to do for a while. One of those things is approaching a local wrestler here in Ireland named Paddy M. He's a legend in Irish wrestling. I asked him for advice on how to become a manager because I want to be the next Paul Heyman big shoes to fill don't you think that's his words not mine um he gave me great advice i'll be pursuing my dream when the world starts again two final things one i had a panic or maybe uh, many an anxiety attack when i was walking home from college last year while listening to a ramble episode and it helped calm me down and two attached as an old promo poster from 2006 for a show in my hometown of waterford island see if you can spot some some uh, some familiar faces so uh, I'm going to, uh, it's in, have you got the support email box? I can open it up. Yeah. Uh, so oh, yeah, uh, good, in, good plug there for the support email. Absolutely. Uh, support at wrestletalk.com. Send us your emails. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so if you go to the get better section in the email box. Uh, what I did, I had to clear all my cookies because stuff wasn't working. Let me log in again. Usually it's just open there for me. And this is great podcast. Here mm -hmm. it loads. It's like when Dave Meltzer's like, just let me look something up. <laughs> and you hear typing for about 30 seconds. Yeah, that was the exact number that we didn't need to know right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm God bless, Dave. Okay, so find Finn's email. Finn. I imagine it's spelt Bala. No, with one N. No results. No. So, I mean, down the side, there's I've actually a folder I've called Get Better. Got it. Yep. And there's the, there's the, uh, it's actually IWW Whiplash TV tapings. And 
Irish whip wrestling is something that I remember very, very fondly because it was on the wrestling channel mm. when I was at university. And yeah. it always felt like it was a group that only had five wrestlers on the card. <laughs> so they would all just have like 10 matches each to fill out a whole show. What are, what are five wrestlers though? Like in the front row here is Pac, Drew Galloway, of course, now Drew McIntyre, TJ Wilson, who's to, uh, Tyson Kidd in... Uh... It's sort of a producer now, Matty's husband, and Seamus as Seamus yeah. O'Shaughnessy or Shannon. I think I believe it was Shaughnessy. Seamus O'Shaughnessy. Fun fact for you: when I made my zombie movie, The Good, The Bad, and The Undead, uh, back in two thousand seven, two thousand seven, two thousand eight, I think I want to say, um, Seamus O'Shaughnessy was my template for the villain. Like when uh, it's like my director of photography said, like, what do you picture of this? I was like, oh, there's this wrestler called Seamus O'Shaughnessy. That's what I picked. He was an Irish character. I was like, that's who I picture as the bad guy. So like the 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 big like spiky uh, ginger hair and the and the beard that he had. We actually cast someone from London who had long dark hair. So it didn't really come out to fruition. But yeah, Seamus was my he was my like my blueprint for the character. Also got Madman Manson in the background, an excellent comedy wrestler. Uh, he used to. I, I once watched him wrestle Grado, and Grado's entrance music was, uh, what? You, it's the Madonna song. Yeah, like, living, like on a a, living on a prayer. Is it? No, no, that's, like that's Bon Jovi, like a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody <laughs> wants. <laughs> Can that be our new meme? Can we start <laughs> signing off with that? Can you put that in the podcast? We'll see you next week. Sorry. Somebody, Somebody wants. <laughs> We'll get to that meme 10 years late. And Madman Manson came out and he played like a virgin in reverse as his entrance <laughs> music. Because like his whole gimmick was that he's just not there and a little bit psychotic, but a comedy wrestler still. And yeah, everyone was like, what is this song? And at the same time, everyone understood what it was at the same time. And you could almost hear everyone. It was in a progress show. Everyone went, Oh, <laughs> and everyone started like trying to sing like a virgin in reverse. But yeah, what a card. What a card indeed. And I'm sure those six wrestlers that are on this poster were the <laughs> only people that were actually on that show. God bless IWW. Anyway, thank you all so much for listening to this podcast. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back on Thursday with the AEW podcast that I'm really looking forward to being a part of because yeah. AEW reviews are always dead fun to do. Uh, we'll see you very soon. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Somebody help me. Oh, we can't sing along in remote <laughs> recordings. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. 
That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.